0: I'm Darren Garrahy and you're listening to The Laugh of Your Life, the podcast where I talk to influential people about laughter. From their first memories of laughter, to feeling laughed at, to the moment where if they didn't laugh, they'd cry.
1: It's okay. I know what it is. And I said, what is it? Temporary global amnesia is caused by either severe shock due to water or the most sensational sex you've ever had in your life. <laughs> I said, it's the latter,
0: Bernard.
2: If anybody asks,
0: it's the latter. TV and radio broadcaster Marty Morrissey is my guest this week. He talks to me about his childhood spent in the Bronx, navigating teenage discos in West Clare, and his passion for the GAA. I hope you enjoy.
1: Marty Morrissey. Darren Garahey. That's a good start. At least you got the name right. You are extremely welcome to The Laughs of Your Life. Thank you very much. I'm delighted to be here. I've heard so much. Oh. I mean, you've had so many people here before me, by the way. I'm, I'm, I don't take, you know. I'm, Marty, I'm, please. I'm well down the, the picking order, obviously, but it's okay. If you,
0: No, if you would let me finish my sentence. yes, I am delighted to welcome you to The Laughs of Your Life as my Christmas special.
1: Ah, now uh, we're going way back up the charts again. <laughs> You were going down, 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 Darren, but now you're back up, up, up to number one.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. I'm so happy to be here with you in studio. It's been, how many episodes have we had? I'd say maybe 13, 14 since the start of September. Some have been on Zoom. Uh, Well, a good few have been on Zoom. Some have been in person when restrictions have kind of been, uh, have allowed... Thankfully, restrictions allowed, because I don't think I would like to interview you on Zoom. I
1: I think we wouldn't have... I like to be up close and personal with you,
2: Darren. (laughs) Not too close. No, 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 not too close. No, 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 no.
0: (laughs) Well, shall we reveal what the first thing you said to me was when I saw you outside?
1: What was that? Yes, you may as well (laughs) now. I don't even remember. Can you edit this out, by the way? You
0: (laughs) You were basically disappointed in the way I was looking. I'm not very glam today, Marty. I should have dressed up
1: a little bit better for you. But I'm just in my chill gear. Yeah, but you look absolutely stunning. Oh stop it. You're you are backtracking. As now. beautiful I me mean, backtrack never. I'm <laughs> delighted to be here with Avine Gary. <laughs> Oops, that's your
2: sister, sorry.
0: <laughs> okay, Marty, shall we get going with yes, our interview? Absolutely. Okay,
1: Marty Marcy, your first memory of laughter. My first memory of laughter is actually in an apartment in Bainbridge Avenue, New York and getting up for school in the morning, but before school there was TV, believe it or not, at the time. Mm -hmm. And I used to watch the Flintstones. (laughs) Yabba-dabba-doo. Fred and the Flintstones. (laughs) Meet Uh, the Flintstones.
0: They're a yabba-dabba-doo. Lovely.
1: And there was Betty and there was Wilma, and I, I loved the Flintstones, you know. And um, so that was my kind of, I suppose, first laughter. Was, I love cartoons as a child. Casper the Friendly Ghost. Uh, your man, the Roadrunner. Beep, beep. Who's that? What's his name? Beep, beep. Road anyway, Roadrunner. Yeah. Road yeah, that's, oh, what that's it's called. his name. Yeah. yeah, that was his name, yeah. Bit before your time, obviously, but anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so talk to me about. Any, okay, born in Ireland.
1: Born in, yes, born in Mallow. In
0: Mallow. Yes. Do yes. you know that I I, I, I hate to say, I never knew you were born in Cork. I just always associated, I was, Clare was just
1: the association. Yeah, well, my father, uh, when he, you know where we're from, uh, where the Morrissey f- side of the family come from. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just a little place on the west coast of Clare. So when my father, my father went to school in his time in CBS. Yes and uh, at the time in the late 40s 50s you didn't really have to go to college if you did okay in your leaving sir. and he did latin and geography at so he got a job in the primary school in mallow so he rented a room from our uh, cousins as it turns out the barretts uh, up from the mouse trap which is a famous pub in mallow mm-hmm. um, and it's like M4, it's like, like Dublin 4, if you know what I mean, I just want to put in that bit of grandeur, right, you know what I
0: mean like, you know? I always knew yeah. you came from that kind yes, of Yes, yeah. yes,
1: it's M4, yes <laughs> and um, he, she, he was renting a room and my mother uh, was training to be a hairdresser and she came to the house to visit her, her cousins and then she met Martin Morrissey and Peggy and Martin fell in love and all that sort of thing and then they headed for America and uh, they were married a good couple of years, I don't think they thought they were ever going to have a child and then something happened and uh, yours truly was coming and they both wanted me to come back, not me, but my mother to come back, Mm -hmm. to be born in Ireland. So she came back to her home place of Mallow and uh, I was born in Mallow. But I was shipped out after about six weeks. They had one look at me in Mallow and they said, we need to get rid of him, boy. Look (laughs) at him. He is queer. Oh, your eyebrows. Look at the teeth.
0: (laughs) Stop. I'd say they were just like, he's got star quality. He's got to go to the States. He's got to go to
2: New York. Hollywood, here we go.
1: So wow. a couple of weeks later, I was born at the end of October and at the end of November, I believe, i flown out in my mother's arms out to New York and I was there until I was 11.
0: 11. So mm. like you've probably very, very like clear memories of it.
1: Oh, yeah. I went to school in, oh gosh, yes, in St. Anne's in New York in the Bronx. Yeah. We used to get a half day every Wednesday. No, it wasn't a half day. It was a fire drill. And it was very funny because every Wednesday at about two o'clock, we'd have a, this fire drill. And then uh, we'd all have to walk out in, in in orderly fashion. And then the cops would arrive with sirens, then the fire brigade. And parents began to wonder, how come, you know, this fire drill is taken a little bit too serious <laughs> yeah. than normal. But seemingly, the, we were in St. Anne's, which was a Catholic school, and the, there was a public school down the road. They'd, they'd have a half day every Wednesday. Mm. So for the crack, they'd phone up the Catholic Stop. school to say there was a bomb in the school <laughs> and everybody would have to abandon ship. But it was great, like, we we loved it because we had a half day every Wednesday, <laughs> thanks to the boys down the road. And so what was it like for
0: you in school then? Like, were you very,
1: were you aware that your
0: parents were Irish, you were Irish, but you were, like, did you feel different?
1: No, not really. I had a, a lovely nun from Sligo, St. Uh, Thomas, and she loved me because I was Irish. Yeah. And there was another lad called Dennis Murphy from Wexford. But we were the only two Irish kids in the school. The okay. rest were Italians, Jewish, Indians, all Polish. So we were in, in a classroom, I remember, where it was an in international class almost. There were so many different cultures there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but no, I loved it. Uh, every morning you'd arrive into the basketball court, sometimes it'd be covered in snow, and you'd swear your allegiance to the American flag. Uh, that had to be done every morning. Stop. Oh yeah, before class even started. And then you do that Monday to Friday, and then on Sunday you go to a hurling match in Gaelic Park. So I'd say I was a bit confused between the Irish. <laughs> and I audience, suppose you know. were a bit confused. I tell I was now, you know, and you've been playing hurling. And I, I loved the hurling and I loved the football. The baseball didn't do it for me. Basketball I loved. I played basketball until the cows come home. But uh, yeah, it was it was a bit confusing, I suppose, initially. But I, I felt, then when you come home on holidays, you yeah. know, you go to West Clare and you go to North Cork. And we had a lot of relations in Waterford. Um, my father had he was an only child, like myself, mm. and he had um, seven first cousins, seven sisters. Wow. And one of them went, it mar- uh, 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 was Margaret. No, Margaret didn't go first. Anyway, the oldest of them went to, um, she married a lad from Waterford and she ended up nursing in the, uh, is it Arkeen? Arkeen Hospital in Waterford, I think mm-hmm. it's called. Anyway, then the next sister went teaching him to more. And before you knew it, five or six of them were there. So we used to go to visit, the cousins in Tremor. Yeah. and you now there's about twenty of them. So I, I, I have to say, the cousins in Tremor are great. They're, like I've no, I've no brothers or sisters or no first cousins. So they're they're as close as it gets yeah. for me. Yes, uh, but so there's a strong strong bond. But I, I, I suppose coming home on the holidays from New York, I got into the Irish culture. I made friends. Um, we had a bit of grass in front of the house, so we played ball uh, and I broke a few windows, uh, the usual crack. Um, so when my father decided to come home when I was 11, when when we were in New York at the time, Darren, um, once you went to high school, conscription, was there, so it meant mm. that when you were finished high school, you had to do your U.S. Army service. Yeah. So there was no ifs, buts, or ands. So rather than do that, it's that transitional period between primary and secondary. Um, my father said he wanted to bring me home, yeah. um, and the, this pub came up in Quilty, and like none of us had any, you know, notion about pubs, but yeah. my father bought it anyway, and that was primarily to avoid me, I suppose, going into the high school system. So I ended up going to Flannan's and playing hurling and football. Which was great. Oh my God. Yes, it was like, you know, there were, there's always a, probably a legitimate reason for something, but yeah. it, it was part of the reason, you know.
0: And do you remember what it was like to come back and were you nervous about it?
1: I was nervous, I suppose, but I was, in, I was enthusiastic about it. I missed my friends initially in New York. I remember, uh, you know, I had great friends in the school yeah. and I had great friends playing football and uh, basketball on the, on the streets. Like, that's what you did. Were you in a house or an apartment? Apartment. So was it very much Bronx, like, it was Bronx. that life? Absolutely. You know, it was uh, 4D. We were on the fourth floor, you know, and... Uh, a walk-up? A walk-up, yeah, walk-up, yeah. Absolutely a walk-up. <laughs> and when you go to the, the local shopping centre at the time and you'd have to bring home the bags, you yeah. know, it was a bit of a walk-up, all right. So you
0: were well able for the stairs here today? Um, absolutely. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Although I really should have played it a lot clever because I said to myself, wait one second, if I collapse here... Darren, then, will have to give me mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <Stamark>. <laughs> you know, I oh messed up God. this whole journey up the stairs. <laughs> oh, thank God for I'm the mask. I'm feeling a bit weak myself now, Darren.
0: <laughs> okay, look, we'll, we'll come back to that. I want to move right. along to our next question. Right? right. So the first time you felt laughed at, Marty.
1: Laughed at. <laughs> <laughs> right, laughed at. Um... I have great friends at home Mm. and I suppose being an only child going back to the previous answer loyalty would be very important to me Mm -hmm. so I always kind of had loyal friends but they did catch me out once because we were going to the disco in Milltown oh wow and they told me that this particular babe (laughs) fancied me no end and she said like we are only 15 or something oh yeah and they said go in there and you'll get the shift no doubt about it I didn't even know what the shift was but it was important to to be macho in front of everybody right so this seems like the dark ages but the girls were one side and I the me and the lads were at the other side and you know the way go on yeah go on go over to (laughs) Dara that was was her name (laughs) (laughs) go over to Dara and just ask her to dance she'll say yes I'm telling you yeah one of my good friends said to me so bravely Slow set came on. This is really dark. Can you see me? Oh, I can visualize. You know, sauntered over, hands in the pockets, saying, "I am so cool. She will love me for this." And said, "Hello, Darren." (laughs) (laughs) Go on. Would you like to dance? And she looked at me, and she said, "Go away, you asshole." (laughs) (gasps) No. Yes. And I looked at me because I was so built up by the boys. Yeah. And all I could hear was laughter. from the boys at the back. And I said, oh, no problem. So I walked away. Dying inside? Dying inside. Ah. It was not hard now. And what's she doing now? I (laughs) haven't a (laughs) clue. Oh, that's tough. We'll we'll come back to her again.
0: (laughs) And when you're 15, like, that's your whole
1: world. Oh, my God. And I mean, when I was 15, Darren, I mean, when you think of it, I'd be the first one to tell you. Like... uh, there was acne everywhere, you know what I mean? And I, I was typical of an adolescent boy, you mm. know. and I, So it would shatter your confidence, having had the courage, for the boys to say, look, Darren really fancies you. See the way you're looking at me now? <laughs> there was an ad years ago on TV. It was Sally O'Brien and the way she would look at you. Uh-huh. Darren Garry, same ad. Darren Gary, and the way she would look at you. <laughs>
0: That's really tough. And especially, do you know, because you're an only child as well, your friends were probably really important to you.
1: They were. I never... I, I gave out to them big time. I said, I, are you joking me, guys? You know, why did you do that? Yeah. But we thought that Darren did fancy you, but she obviously didn't. Oh, <laughs> but anyway.
0: So that was the first time you felt laughed at? Yes. And then apart from that, at that age, so you were very much back and kind of in Ireland then. Like, were you playing sport then?
1: I was. I mean, I was always... I was always, uh, sport was always, there was always a ball in my hand. Was know there? What I mean? Yeah, always, you know, and um, I, I suppose in New York, I learned about hurling mm. because every time there was a game on every Sunday, we went to Gaelic Park. My father, when he immigrated, he became a travel agent. He worked with um, Cook's Travel. Mm-hmm. Then he went with Fairways Travel, I think was the thing. And then he had a bit of time with Aer Lingus and he ended up opening up his own business. So I used to go to Kennedy Airport. You know, hmm. and I just uh, just loved the whole idea of watching the the planes. I know uh, British Airways and Japan Airlines and KLM. I could name them off. This was my thing, mm-hmm. and I thought I'd love to be a pilot and all that sort of thing. But anyway, um, as a result of that, he would go every single Sunday to Gaelic Park because he'd meet the Irish. That was like it was like a, an employment exchange. Like this was before internet, so you would go to Gaelic Park and you'd hear. Johnny is coming home, my first cousin. Will you book him on a flight from Shannon or from Dublin whatever it is? So it was a real business thing. Yeah. So I suppose, um, yeah, I mean, uh, Gaelic Park is, is, I suppose, part of my DNA. I suppose it is dear to me yeah. because it was a chance to play hurling and football at halftime every single Sunday. And then you'd, you'd join. The, the Irish weren't as well organized as what they are now but you'd learn the basic skills and I always felt ha- felt comfortable with a hurley. I wouldn't be as good as, in, you know, I was basic now, but I enjoyed it.
0: There's a particular medal that you have. Yeah. That my dad um, knows a little bit about.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Would you like Your to... Your father t- needs to get over
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to tell the story? Would you like to do the honours? My dad, remind... I feel like my dad has his nose stuck on everything. Yeah. Every single right. guest I have has some link to my dad. Yeah. This week, listen to this. This week, my guest on the podcast is Connor Moore. Yeah. Right, Connor Sketches. Great man. My dad rings me the other day. I had never... I had told him nothing about doing the interview with Conor Moore. Oh. He rings me the other day. Have you ever heard of a fella, Connor Moore? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Dad, why? Yeah. I'm playing golf with them in Luttrellstown on Thursday. <laughs> I was like, what? He said he's, jo- he's joining Luttrellstown and uh, fellas after ringing me there asked me when I'd play with him, I said I would. Uh, he pa- apparently he does a great Sherlock nan.
2: <laughs> and he does.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you have your nose stuck
1: in everything. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us the story. Well, uh, we won't say the year. But right. It was, it was just about <laughs> 10 years ago. <laughs> so 10 years ago, Uh, in the Clare under 14 football final Kilmurray or my crowd were taking on St Breckins of Listoon Varna uh, which would incorporate Doolan at the time etc so my dad's crowd your dad's crowd and um, we met I don't know why in the name of God we ended up in the county final in Kilrush right right? because that's down south Mm -hmm. so at top of the left just I was in goals for Kilmurray or and at top of the left a corner forward was a young fella called Garrachey we took care of him we're great cornerbacks down in <laughs> <laughs> so your dad was a good footballer was he yeah but he didn't score on me I just want you to know that so who
0: got hang on I who got the medal your
1: oh team, we won oh got. <laughs> ah, come on why do you think I want to talk about it so the under 14 final was between ourselves and St Breckens and it is the only championship medal I have <laughs> I hope your father listens to this <laughs> oh you'll be you'll be betting for it and uh, yeah so we, we, we won right yeah well Very on. proud moment. Lovely. I'm so glad you mentioned that.
0: <laughs> okay, Marty, the yeah. moment when, if you didn't laugh, you'd cry.
1: Now, that's a good question. Uh, if I didn't laugh, I'd cry. About, was it two years ago, uh, after doing Dancing with the Stars? So we did Dancing with the Stars in 2018. And I just want to point this out in your broadcast that I should have won Dancer of the Star.
0: I beg to differ. Yeah.
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> the end of this broadcast. Could you cut it here? Excuse me?
0: Most, the, most improved dancer, maybe. Oh,
1: oh, don't be trying to back out of it now. <laughs> most improved dancer. I should have won. Anyway, <laughs> moving on, Grace. Please. Right. Yeah. Um, anyway, Bernard O'Shea was part of that. And Bernard thought it would be a great idea that we would do a program together. Mm. And I said, "Yeah, let's do that for the crowd, because we did get on well." But I got on with everybody. But I, I suppose Bernard and myself did become great pals. Mm. And he said, "I might say it to somebody inside." I said, "Yeah, by all means." Now you know, you say these things and you say this will never happen, right? <laughs> yeah. Not a chance. Yeah. But lo and behold, miracles did happen. So Marty and Bernard's big adventure was born. So we went. We we got two parts, two part series. One of them was to go to New York and. Dress up in the fashion world. Absolute idiotic eejits. But we're great fun. And like people think, by the way, this was a very glamorous shoot. Now, we did this in three days. Yeah. It fly, in, land, go to hotel, get up six in the morning, boom, boom, bang, bang, bang. Yeah. Really, yeah. not glitzy at all, but I loved it. Great, great fun. Yeah. The second part of that was um, to go and test ourselves out against um, the elements. Could we survive um, in, in the wild uh, West as such. Well, it wasn't really the West, it was Wheatlow. <laughs> anyway, we were out, put out in the thing, right? So like they had, they, we were we were kind of in training and we did all sorts of things. We were taught how to survive, how to light with, with timber, etc. <laughs> uh, but they knew because I told them, the one fear I have okay. despite being from West Clare is I have a fear of water. I can't swim. Okay. So uh, now we'd flown just back from New York seven or eight in the morning. We were being picked up then and we were being driven down to do the next, because everything had to be done so quickly.
2: Mm.
1: So we arrived in some part of Wicklow and when we arrived in Wicklow, they put um, masks on,
2: oh, on, on, over
1: our eyes. Oh, God. And uh, next thing, I remember, I do remember standing Somewhere in the field, beside Bernard, and some guy from the army of recruitment. You know the the up one, two, three, four, move it, move it, move. You know one of those <laughs> yeah. guys. You know he roared. He'd come right up to your ear.
2: Are you ready to do this? Oh God! You know that sort of. Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah.
1: And next thing they threw a bucket of water at us, and next thing we were in the lake. Oh stop! So after a while, uh, they they uh, took me out, and uh, we were in a, in a in a in a timber kind of. Hot, yeah. and they provided us for meals. And they gave us, I remember, bacon and cabbage. Lovely. and uh, That was lovely. But apparently, Bernard said, there was something wrong with him. And I, uh, that was me. And so they looked at me and they said, what do you think of that? And what do you think of that? And I said, yeah, did we do that? Did we do that? So anyway, bottom line was, they brought me to the doctor uh, in Ashford. And from there, I was rushed to the hospital. So. Yeah, nobody knows this. Out to the Beacon. And uh, they tested me out, and I slowly coming back. And they told me uh, that I don't remember half of this. That I had temporary, what is it? Temporary global amnesia. I think that's what it's called. So uh, I think that's the right term. I'm not too sure. Right. Global temporary global amnesia. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. And anyway, uh, Bernard was ringing, seemingly everybody, the production team, to know if was there something up. And um, they told him that I had temporary global amnesia. Oh no, sorry, he rang me. That was right. it. He rang me. Yeah, I, I should remember this back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Geez, <laughs> you were very bad. That was very bad. <laughs> so anyway, I was lying in bed. Next thing, I saw Bernard, and he says, "What have you got?" I said, "They've just told me I've temporary global amnesia." Yeah. And you remember doing this, and you remember climbing up here, and you remember puking your guts out, and, and all this. And I said, "No, I don't remember that at all. What do you call it?" temporary global amnesia he says I look it up I'll be back I look up Google I'll be back to you in a minute so here am I in accident and emergency yeah and phone rings again Bernard it's okay I know what it is and I say, what is it temporary global amnesia is caused by either severe shock due to water or the most sensational sex you've ever had <laughs> in your life I said, "It's the latter, Bernard. If anybody asks, it's the latter." And he says, "You know what, Marty? You're fine. You're back." <laughs>
0: oh my God! That is gold.
1: So you either laugh or you cry. <laughs> Have you never told anyone? No, that? I've never. Nobody knows about the production team. Matt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it's a shock thing. It's, a sh- it's 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 hitting the water and having a fear of water. Like I mean, I know we're having a laugh now, yeah. but and like where that stem from? The fear. The fear was, uh, my mother had a great friend, Maura O'Connor, and in Quilty, outside Quilty, and she brought me back to Seafield to swim, to learn how to swim. Mm. And all her, like her daughters and her sons were great. We grew up, we're the same age. But she was trying to hold on to me, uh, to float and all this, but then she let me go.
0: Oh, okay. And I went, wah, 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 straight down. Yeah.
1: And I I just never, never, never recovered from it. God. Like when you are six, seven or eight years of age. Yeah. Um, and like, it really annoys me because... You know the lads that I pal around with, they'd go back to Seafield Pier and they'd be jumping off the pier, yeah. and I'd be there, saying, "No lads, I leave tea." Oh Do you God. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'd, I, and I said after that that I would learn how to swim, which I never, I never did it. But that is, yeah, that was wow. uh, an experience. Yeah.
0: So if the, if any of the if are listening to this, they're going to run with that. Yourself and Bernard are sex buddies. Is that, is that <laughs> the story? Absolutely. <laughs> Don't twist the story. He looked it up and blamed Google. <laughs> wow. Okay, Marty. Your no laughing matter moment in life.
1: My no laughing matter in life. What was that? Yes. Um, mm, I was in Killarney doing a little preview. Uh, what year was this? I don't know. It was late 90s, I suppose, anyway. And <clears throat> I was in Kerry C- and uh, I was filming an interview like what I'm probably still doing today. And next thing, my mother rang me uh, to say that my father got a heart attack. So um I said okay well we dropped everything and I I was ringing her continuously and uh, I asked the doctor there was a nurse sorry a nurse and she she was unsure that he'd make it but he, luckily enough he got the heart attack in Ennis because okay. he would gotten a heart attack at home in West Clare that's 22 23 miles from Ennis mm. so um he got into the hospital and luckily enough a cardiologist had just been appointed in the Ennis General Hospital and the nursing staff and Dr. Terry Hennessy. There's no doubt he got another attack inside in intensive care, and um, he basically saved his life. And the staff of NS General Hospital saved his life. Um, so I mean, Terry Hennessy then and myself became great pals. And he's Mullingar man, but I hold him obviously. When somebody does that to your to your family, mm-hmm. you just hold him in the highest esteem. And Siobhan, his wife, and uh, all the family, and they're all they're all in the medical line. But um, we got. Um, from that, dad had to get a triple bypass and also a pacemaker. Like he was a smoker, mm. and obviously had done damage over the, uh, done a lot of damage over the years. Um, bottom line, anyway, was that uh, he was fine, thanks be to God. Uh, and six years later, I was in New York, and I got a phone call. It was coming up to Christmas, December eighteenth, nineteenth, and uh, Mom had found Dad. Uh, he died during the night.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So trying to come back, I had a good friend in Air at the time who helped me big time and to try and get me back on the flight because I only, we'd, we'd only just arrived. And uh, so I won't forget the flight, you know, that flight. When I hear people have lost their parents and they're flying home and um, it's it's not an easy journey, you know. Uh, so it's, it, it's yeah, it, it's something I won't forget. So, And he's a huge loss. When you're, when you're, you're, you've, Three people, you've uh, mother, father, and son, and none of them have brothers or sisters. you really, you know, you've no aunts, no uncles, uh, and you don't ever notice it, Dara. You never notice it until something happens. Yeah. And then you don't have the backup. You know, now you're back to relying on your good friends and the neighbors. And the neighbors we have are just incredible. You know, they've minded mother now for 16 years. He died on the 19th of December 2004. Like, and it just changed, it changed the geometry it changes everything. Do you mm. know what I mean? The environment it's it's different when you lose uh, a parent. Um, it's 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 quite. And I, I have colleagues of mine who've lost their second parent um, yeah. in recent weeks now, and um, it does like they feel like oh, well, we'll never go home. Do you know that sort of thing? I know. Now i I love home and all that, but um, and luckily enough, mom, thanks be to God, is alive and well and very healthy. But it was a, it was a devastating blow when you have a small family. Yes. Yeah you know you're a tripod yeah yeah exactly one, le- one leg is gone yeah yeah one leg is gone
0: yeah and what and What goes through your mind on a journey like that? I often it's funny you say that because I often mm. think that when someone has to make a trip yeah. like what even even just the even the functionality of getting to the airport and remembering all the stuff like it yeah. must be a blur
1: yeah it, it it is really because you know you arrive on a Saturday and you're coming back Monday was yeah. the first flight home by the time we you know the, whatever the time difference was and um, and everybody's saying hello because they know, you know, particularly when you're flying home with Aer Lingus and uh, you're flying home, back home to Shannon. I actually, if I remember, I had to go, I actually go to Dublin and then down to Shannon. It was the only... Do you know the way they they do that at the time? Yes. So even when you were in Dublin, you were still another hour or two hours, whatever it was, from home. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a long... It's a long and empty journey. And you, all you're doing is reminiscing and you're thinking. And although you might try and close your eyes for five minutes, you wake up again, you know. And uh, it's not you know you don't get it. when something like that happens i didn't get a chance to say goodbye because when i was leaving he was fine mm. do you know what i mean like if somebody is ill for a while at least you can you can try to say things mm-hmm. uh, i don't know if you do or you don't but at least you feel you have that opportunity yeah. but when you don't and it's taken away from you you feel but i think he knew how i felt about him because we got on great yeah. you know so i'm uh, i'm consoled by that
0: what did he think of you and all you'd done in your life
1: he was very positive you know, because uh, I flickered from one career to the other. You know, I was. <laughs> Did doing, you really? Oh yeah, when I when I was in New York um, as a kid, I wanted to be a bus driver. Right. Because I loved the sound of the bus, <laughs> and I used to go around the, the apartment with a plate. You know, what i mean? driving around the bedroom, and I go. Ch-ch-ch! That was the sound of the doors, by the way, And <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> so then I came home and I thought, God, maybe I should be a priest. And Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is no. Uh, uh, there, it was only five or six now.
0: All oh, right, yeah. Um, yeah no, I, very, very. There's no way teenage martyrs was up for the priesthood. But
1: you stop. <laughs> and um, so I used to say mass, and uh, we'd have uh, the Marietta biscuit was the host. Right. Um, <laughs> a towel was the was the. That's yeah. the word. Um, the robes. The robes, like? robes yeah, 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 yeah. The vestments. They, oh, sorry. Yeah. And um, and then I'd announce, you know, and we prayed today. For Johnny O'Brien and Mary Daly, who have died, they were the only neighbours I knew, but they had died. God. <laughs> but they happened to be in the kitchen while I was saying yes. It so was fine, so they laughed, of course. But yeah. I don't remember it too much. But I there's pictures at home. But it is kind of, I suppose, you go through phases. And then I wanted to cure the world when I was a little bit older. Um, and uh, through love, through yeah, love uh, of women. <laughs> <laughs> She knows way too much about me. That's the problem. <laughs> I wanted to cure the ladies of the world. Well, I wanted to meet as many nurses as possible. <laughs> but then I discovered I had to really study hard and there was blood and there was no, 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 no. So I went teaching. Uh, you know, so that my dad was used to, to answer your question, yes. my dad was used to my change right. you know, of, of different things. And I loved teaching. I really loved the whole interaction with the kids. Yeah. And I had a great time. And by fluke, <laughs> everything has happened to me during by fluke because um, Spanish Point at the time was all girls. I didn't go to there I, I, it would have been ideal for me because I'd have been only up the road but yeah. I went to Flannins mm. I didn't have the Irish fluency that my father had because I'd been brought up in New York so I couldn't go to Diamond. Mm-hmm. so I went to Flannins which was great. But Spanish Point was changing from a girls school to a co-educational school and I'd been involved with the football team at home coaching young lads and we'd won a couple of things with mm. so next thing one day this woman arrived at our front door, and he says, I'm looking for Martin Morrissey. And I said, oh, come on in. i was still in college now at the time. And uh, I knew by the cross that I figured she was a nun. And uh, she said, I'm looking for Martin. He's very good with the young lads. He's coaching them how to play football. And I knew that my father would never have a clue how to coach a team. It just wasn't his thing. And I said, um, Sister Celia was named. She says, I think you're looking for me. She said, I can't be, you're too young. And I said, well, I'm only 19 or 20 or whatever I was. Anyway, the bottom line was, she gave me, I, I was going to go back to do my medicine again, but I I was finishing my H-tip. So in August, she came, that was August, she asked me to come, uh, would I teach the month of September, PE? Right. No qualification whatsoever, of course. Yeah. And I said, I will. So when I was up there for the month of September, Poor Sister Baptist got sick. Who was turned out to be a great friend of mine, and and I had to take her leaving her classes. Mm-hmm. So I thought the biology, and I instead of uh, she said, "Well, you do it to the end of September, do it to the end of October," and I stayed three and a half years wow. because I was enjoying it so much. Yeah. So I never went back to college, and then I just started uh, doing matches on the back of a tractor and trailer. And anyway, here we are talking to you now. If you know what I mean? Could See, you? You never. I didn't plan it. That's no, what I'm trying to say. No.
0: No. Could you ever have anticipated getting? To where you are now, no. As really. a, a as a broadcaster and as like an icon, and I know that that might feel like an embarrassing thing to hear, but you uh, like the the effect that you have on people and the adoration that people have for you,
1: it's like next level. Well, thank you for saying that, Derm. But I I mean, is that your true feelings now? May that I?
0: That is a fact.
1: <laughs> it's a fact. No, no, no. Uh, look, thank you. I, I mean, I'm flattered, but look. I love people. I've always loved people. I mean, I'm pretty good at sending an email, and that's about it. But (laughs) I am interested in people. Always have been, Mm. you know. Um, And I'm privileged to have gotten where I've gotten because I didn't think it was ever going to happen. But I'm so lucky that it has happened. And I feel fortunate because literally, I mean, I know it's well known that I I started at the back of a tractor and trailer in Dumbeg And you never think when you're on a tractor and trailer in Dumbeg in October of that year that you would ever be in Crook Park doing an All-Ireland hurling a football final. You'd say, this is a thousand miles away. And I applied. I, I remember, I started with a guy called Pascal Brooks in Ennis. And, uh, like, when I was asked to do it, I'll never forget it, it was a Saturday night and uh, Patrick Galvin was the postman and uh, post office man in Quilty. He says, I'm thinking about doing a video. This is October 27th, 1984. I'll tell you why I know it now in a second because <laughs> I'm no good on dates <laughs> and I said Patrick not a hope I'd be crap at it I've never done I don't even like the sound of my own voice Yeah. I said but not that I've listened to it because it wasn't part of my agenda yeah. he says look it's Kilmurray Abrikan versus Milton. you're teaching Spanish Point you're teaching the parish of Milton. you know the boys I said oh, I have no problem knowing the boys and I was a fanatic but I said it'll be awful ask Ben Power ask God be good to him ask Patrick Murray ask Jared McCarthy ask all the lads at home <laughs> came back to me at half eleven and said None of them will do it. So they always say afterwards, as a result of their refusal, they made me a star. You know what I mean? (laughs) It could have been me. I hear it every Christmas when I'm at home. And um, I said, okay, I'll go down. So down I went. But my crowd are such a great crowd, Darren. Like in in Dumbbeg at the time, there was just a slight embankment. Slight. So there was no place to do the game from a height. Mm. So uh, John Joe Ryan and Michael Calvin and I don't know who else was about, but they drove a tractor and trailer from our parish down to Dunbeg, which is about four or five miles, Mm -hmm. and put up a sheet of galvanise around it, because it was October, and plastic sheet all all over it to protect us from the rain. And that's when I did my first match. And that was on, it was my, uh, it was my birthday, October 28th. That's why I remember it. I wouldn't remember it otherwise. Um, And
0: And were you bitten by a bug then?
1: uh, I was and I wasn't because I was mortified because then the video, VHS, Darren, (laughs) was then shown uh, in the hall in Quil- or in the pub in Quilty that we used to have mm. and I think people were charged 50 pence that was to pay Pascal because I was getting absolutely nothing and I went back to Mary Kate Galvin got a good to her Patrick's wife and she said you should apply to tea. you're great you know <laughs> <Yeah>. local pride <laughs> yeah. and no judgement whatsoever yeah. but I loved her for it yeah. she supported me all the time so I left it and went two weeks later Pascal rang me He says we've got a big gig and I said, what's the big gig? We're doing the Monster Club hurling final in Thurless, in Simple Stadium. So I went back from I went from my first game in a tractor and trailer in Dunbeg to my second game in Simple Stadium Thurless. Big leap. And that's when I got the bug. Yeah. And the beauty of it was that when we went to Thurless, Pascal and myself hit the nightclub in Bunratty. Oh, on the way of home. course you did.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Shifting all-round you. Oh, not top. <laughs> <laughs> and and so your very first your very first All Ireland in Crow Park.
1: Mm. When was that? That was, I think, twenty twelve. Uh, it was uh, Mihal, my one of my heroes. I, I, I suppose, three major heroes in broadcasting. I yeah. loved Gay Byrne. I loved yeah. Gay Byrne. Yeah. I just thought what a talented man. And I love Mihal O'Hare because he was the first voice I heard in New York. Yes. Because my father used to go out. I've told this story before. Out in the fire escape, with the long antenna, yeah. trying to get. Hall are here on oh the first goodness. Sunday in September or the third Sunday as it well. was. And uh, so Hall and then Michal and Mer-Hertig. I mean like magic. Mm. So Hall and to be retired and the first final I did was on the radio. I think Donald Cusick was with me and that was 2012, so that's eight years ago now. So ever since I've either done radio or TV for the last couple of years. What
0: is it like to be in Croke Park with, with the, the stadium full? Do you get nervous? I do. I, that, that very first kind of intro you do if you're in your apartment in New York or if you're in a blah, 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 I get goosebumps head to toe but I, I just can't imagine how magic it must feel to do it.
2: Thank you very much Darren good afternoon just in case you're walking on 5th Avenue in New York jogging around the Corniche in Abu Dhabi late night, late night dining in uh, Shibuya in Tokyo or just chilling out on Long Street in Cape Town South Africa let me tell you this is Croke Park on the north side of Dublin City it's September 2016. We are calling out to you from the 7th floor on what is lovingly known as the Hogan Stand. Proud Corkman Dunlop Cusick, three times an All-Ireland medalist, and Claire Selector is standing right beside me. To the left, the Nelly Stand on Hill 16 is full. No seats available across the way in the Cusick Stand. And to my right, every seat has been sold out for a week at the Daven End. There is no venue in the world right now that has over 82,000 people gathered in what is undoubtedly one of the greatest stadiums in the world. Can you hear their voices? Can you hear the Artane band march across the green field of GA headquarters with 30 warriors behind them? Shane Prendergast from Carra leads the men from Kilkenny, black and amber jerseys clinging to their muscular bodies. To their immediate left are 15 Tipperary soldiers. hurlers, Hurleys held firmly in their grasp with Captain Brendan Maher from Boris Ali leading them into yet another battle with Kilkenny. 2016 has already been a remarkable year on the international stage. The music world lost David Bowie and Prince. In sport, the greatest of all, Muhammad Ali, passed away and he too graced this fabulous Coke Park Arena on July 19, 1972. The GAA lost the brilliant handballer Michael Duxie Walsh and two former presidents, Jack Bootman from Wicklow and Joe McDonough, who sang The West Awake after his county Galway won the All-Ireland Hurling title on this very day, 36 years ago. Remember them all today and the Mali volunteers in the cheer world who have passed away but have left a legacy of love and affection the world changes. Some things in Ireland never change. Back here in Croke Park the parade continues. It's Tipperary versus Kilkenny, But there is one change. Whoever wins this gets an All-Ireland medal with a special added inscription 1916-2016 to celebrate the centenary of the Irish Rising. Listen to the noise. Listen to the heartbeat of the people of Ireland. All-Ireland hurling final day shouldn't be, in my humble opinion, a national holiday. I've said it before, but I want to say it again. If you had to leave home because of unemployment or you just wanted to see the world don't feel left out because you are with us today in spirit and in mind we are thinking of you, we are Irish and we are family I know Denise O'Keefe from Jenkinstown County Kilkenny is listening in Perth, Australia Damien Ann, and Claire Carney are beside the pool in Lanzarote while Patrick Murphy from Cork is in York, Maine, USA Stephen Callaghan and Paul Carty from Nina are listening to us in Hanoi, Vietnam hello to John Reney in Cape Town, South Africa Michael DeWire is enjoying the sunshine in Maui, Hawaii Jerry Birmingham is tuning in from the Czech Republic. Philly Englishby is with the Irish Defence Forces and listening to the wireless in the Golan Heights, Syria. We salute you and your colleagues for what you're doing for peace around the world. Vivian Doyle is in Chicago, Illinois. Derek Rhine has found RT Radio 1 in the Furang Congo village in Mozambique. Hello, Derek. Neve Burke is in Melbourne, Australia, and so too is Stevie Kelly. A.D. Morgan is in Tasmania, while Owen Hayes and Kate MacDonald are in Muscat Oman. Good morning, afternoon, or evening to each and every one of you.
1: Well, you know, you're waiting for Jackie Hurley or Darren Fragle or whoever it is to hand over to you. Yes. That's, that's the last couple of minutes he's saying, I hope I don't make a mess of this. But you never you know. do. Well, thanks for the God I have it thank you. But it is... N- nerve tingling and I knew why I did that opening when it was radio because radio is, beautiful, is the best medium of all as yeah. you know Dern yeah. I don't care I know we do TV both of us we're lucky enough to be doing it but radio is a me- you can paint pictures oh. you can imagine what it's like like when you do your impersonations of Dahi I think to Dahi <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah. and I love it when you sew it into because <laughs> <laughs> He's a friend of mine, by the way, in brackets, yeah, yeah. but saw it into him every chance you get.
0: <laughs> well, anytime I meet him, he says, thanks for taking the piss out of me. It, it, me- it means I'm relevant. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, great he's, great. he's great. Um,
1: but yeah, so now you've, you know, you don't realise, you don't realise what, what, sorry, I want to go back to what I was trying to say. Yes. Why I did that kind of opening in my thought was, he was going back to that little boy in New York, yeah. watching my father, and my father coming in out of the, f- the fourth-floor fire escape, crying. I said, "What is wrong with you?" I, mean, I remember this as a child. "Are you all right, Dad?" "Ah, oh, no, I am, I am." But God, I'd love to be in Clark Park, uh-huh. and I love. And I said, "But sure Claire wasn't even playing." and He says, "Claire will never get there because at the time, Ned would never get there." Yeah. But I, I always think of what it was like for the diaspora, and what it means to be in South Korea or Dubai. And this is their day as much as it is for the counties involved. So, literally, it was very funny, Darren. I, I d- thought I'd, I'd put some bullet points together in my head. So, I put up on Twitter, where will you be watching or listening to the All Ireland hurling final yeah. on next Sunday? Right? And the first one back, in my kitchen. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I said, thank you for that. That's not what I meant.
0: <laughs> you were going for gold like the yeah, magic. <laughs>
1: yes. I wanted Singapore, <laughs> where you're the only Irish person ever <laughs> in Singapore to listen oh. to the all That Irish. is
0: Twitter in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: So I said, where in the world, like the quiz yeah. uh, years ago that Teresa Lowe used to, yeah. where in the world will you be watching or listening to the match? Yeah. And suddenly the floodgates open. I'm emotional thinking yeah. about it. So then I got, I must have gotten about 100, 150 and I had to kind of, somewhere with the uh, uh, Irish army, uh, the Defence Forces. Um, There were loads. There was another fellow out on the Sahara and he had gotten a signal. Like there was just, it just shows you. And sometimes, sometimes I think people don't fully appreciate what it's like that. okay, Christmas is special. Mm. Um, And and, and I am part of the Christmas special.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I am the Christmas (laughs) special.
1: So Christmas is special. But the other days that's important for the vast majority of people is the All-Ireland hurling and football final day, whether your county is involved or not. Yeah. To hear the crowd roar, oh. to hear the, 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 the band starting up, dum, dum, and away they go. Like, I dreamt as a little boy that one day I'd march behind the band. I didn't want to be, a, I never even thought about broadcasting. I just wanted to be in Croke Park with my Clare jersey on. I was good enough to play, to represent my county. Not within an... I was going to say That's something else. <laughs> Did I come to that? But... <laughs> it was yeah it is special to answer your question and, and but I re- why I reached out was because I was one of those I, I was one of those little children that listened and got indoctrinated or not the word indoctrinated but just fell in love yeah. with the people of Ireland and what our games means to people because our games are special I, I mean I I know I'm a, a a mad lunatic of a GA man but I, I do believe that whether it is ladies football camogie um Gaelic football hurling, every parish there is a team mm. and every community is involved. And we saw it during COVID. My God, the responses was just uh, that was emotional. That was overwhelming. Like in my in, in, to narrow it down, Kilmore Bricken and Milton Malvey, West are the greatest arrivals. Yeah. But when Covid arrived, they were giving each other's numbers so Milton Lads and Kilmore Lads would would bring around messages to people. Like that's that's the G A. Yeah. You know what I mean? Rivalry was gone. And it was like when it used to be really bad years ago, but it's not now. We're great pals now. Yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean. And that know, happened. That I was know. replicated
0: all over the country.
1: I know, you know. I know. Fantastic.
0: I was chatting to the two. Johnny's a uh, wife. Oh, sorry, I'm. A, I'm a wreck. I'm a, I'm a total lump in my throat here. It is that. But why? But I was
1: watching the. Ireland. I think mean, most women cry now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but when I was watching it at the weekend, um, Limerick and Waterford, and listening to your intro, it was, mm. it was yes, it was Christmas time. It was. Um, the diaspora but it was also COVID it, it was all of that was in my mind as yeah. you were doing that intro and,
1: and, and thank you Darren for mentioning it but I was t- I didn't want to overdo it because there yeah. was nobody there yeah I know I know you know I remember in my head I said you could be dolled up with nowhere to go in New York yeah. or you could be in your pyjamas in Sydney yeah yeah you know what I mean yeah. but we're here yeah. we've made it to this part and I didn't want to go glory glory hallelujah I, I, I know, didn't put I anything on Twitter because it wasn't that
0: I know it, it I know it, a, it was a different vibe it was a vibe. different vibe yeah, yeah. yeah. but the, sorry the two Johnnies were saying um, they're on the committee for their, their club All oh, right, yeah and uh, they said it was great because because of COVID the committee meetings were, are, are way short they meet outside now and they said <laughs> the committee meetings yeah, could right. go on for three hours and they said there'll be outlaws who are just delighted to be kind of yeah. you know having the chats with people yeah. I said thank God they're going a bit shorter because you just stand outside and do them now <laughs> <laughs> anyway okay yes. Marty the person yes. you always laugh with
1: um, that's a good question now um, I suppose I have a good friend David Punch uh, Dave Punch to tie up what I said earlier Dave Punch played with Limerick and uh, he played in the 1980 All-Ireland or 81 All-Ireland Hurling Final but Dave Punch played in the Munster Club Final for Patrick's Well that I commentated on my second match against Six Mile Bridge Poulon and I met David and then we became great pals and for the last 16 17 years he's done the stats sitting beside me at all the games mm. and we have great laughs because David is a bit you know he's a bit different he's a unique kind of an individual you know he's a different perspective in life you know but a very soft very just a really decent human being and we have we've Take the piss out of each other, basically, you know. And we've become uh, great pals. Bernard Rocher is a good friend of mine now at this stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's also a bit eccentric. I think that I'm attracted to people who <laughs> are a little bit off. And uh, Sorry, wonder, delete that, delete that. <laughs>
0: I wonder why. I mean, they, ta- it's, they say it takes one to know one. Yeah, well, I? that's true,
1: that's true. <laughs> but um, we I didn't know Bernard until Dancing with the Stars. But, I, you know, his sense of humour, I enjoy a laugh, like you, yeah. like our friendship here. Yeah. Um, so I enjoy that kind of so th- like if you wanted to have a laugh with there'd be two of the people that I would have a great laugh with you know
0: okay Marty mm. a time where you had the last laugh
1: a uh, time I had with the last laugh um, well you know the babe when I was 15
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah go on
1: <laughs> but four years later we
2: hit it off <laughs> <laughs>
1: When I was 19 or 20. Wow. What can I say? What happened? Did you put in a graft or did she come crawling I back? No. Well, I wouldn't say she came crawling back now, fair But I kind of improved. Right, <laughs> right. I dressed a little bit better, right. you know. a bit more swag. Yeah, a bit of swag, you know, a bit of deodorant, you know, nice. aftershave. Nice. Old Spice them. was gone. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. So, yeah, and we've become great friends, and we're great friends. Soon. Oh, stop! Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, you said we'd come back to her. Oh, right. yeah. Oh, so you're good pals. Oh, yeah. Can you reveal the name? Absolutely not. Her name is Duran. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my God, that's, so that's it. That's the answer to the question. That's the answer to the question.
1: That's lovely. Okay. Well, it wasn't the last laugh. We had. We just had a great laugh over it, yes, to be right. fair. Okay. Um. No, 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 no. We had great... We just had a great fun and she apologised profusely. She realised she made a mistake. Oh yeah, she, she let up... She her. never said that, but I'm saying it on the radio right.
0: now. Right. So it's on record. <laughs> it's on record, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Okay, Marty, if laughter wasn't the best medicine, what would be? Um, I would definitely say heading to
1: Copperface Jacks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you know what? We had a fantastic night in Copperface Jacks one time, you we and We did. Nine, after the VIP Style Awards.
1: We did. And you dropped us
0: home and everything. I did. And we went to the chipper. We did? We <laughs> did we went to the
1: chipper we went on uh, was it Camden Street it was Camden we went down the, I was going to say Dark Alley but, I just went <laughs> <laughs> but we did actually because yep. there was John and there was a- 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 Yeah. Uh, You're now brother-in-law and your sister still mind you she might disown the two of us as a no, result of this Jesus. conversation probably but we went into some chipper and I must say I think you were doing your impersonations then which I didn't know at the time but yeah. you were just I said brilliant you know and now everybody knows I'm uh, so
0: sad because I I usually the name of that place would be on the tip of my tongue but it's been so long it's that yeah. place that does the brilliant chips it's beside the palace because you decided where we were going oh yeah because it's a party in there huh? Babylon Babylon Shane has it Babylon. Babylon. Babylon 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 it's like a disco chipper
1: yeah that's right yeah there was they were hopping all over the place yeah, the music yeah, yeah. was great yeah Babylon
0: and obviously everyone's saying hello to you I meant to ask you about this how is that I mean I, but you know what it's such because people often ask me because people mm, will come up and say hello to oh. me on nights out or whatever and kind of say how do you find it I love it because it of course it's a like look at mm. it could be so much worse they
1: could be coming up saying stadia
0: but are there are there times where you kind of go do you know what I'd love to just have a meal now and no one to say hello
1: no no not really. to be fair I've always appreciated that people if like the the positive feedback I get is is great I yeah mean, we want to be loved of we course. want to be liked that's, that's why we're in it that's why we do what we do that's <laughs> yeah. why we go above the parapet so that <laughs> feel the love huh? you know (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so yeah no I've always appreciated it and I'm always um, I I suppose it was very funny there was always a sports thing and you go to a match and you you'd be kept busy yeah and it was the selfie kind of thing had started when you know the late 90s or whatever is, and you've little boys and girls and they're so like when I would meet my hero I knew what it was like do you know what I mean of course when I would see Gabe Byrne you know, somewhere. I said, oh my God, but I wouldn't go near him. Do you know what I mean? But I just, thanks for the God I got to know him afterwards. But like, kids nowadays, they have the phone and they know how to turn the angle. Bang. Bang, bang, Photo done. done. (laughs) So, no, I don't consider it an inconvenience. Uh, The only thing is that I was concerned is COVID, during COVID. I know. Because when you go out, uh, I'm inclined now to stay in a little bit because I don't want to be putting them in a position. And I started this thing of pointing the two fingers at people. <laughs> but it was mainly to say, have a bit of fun, yeah, but keep your distance. <laughs> stay back. <Yeah>. Stay back. <laughs> <laughs> For two metres, or we'll both get into deep, deep trouble. <laughs> and the kids point started pointing the, uh, the, the fingers as well. Oh,
0: so it became a thing. It then became it a thing.
1: Stop. Yeah, But it, it was funny, actually, d- during dancing. Yes. Dancing is a whole new oh ball God, game. isn't it I unreal? swear to God, Darren. What it opens like, you up it to. It opens up and I have genuinely hundreds of letters of kids who, who um, wrote to me from schools and everything. I remember doing a match last year, beginning of this year, before COVID really, above Oma. Yes. And I walked from where the commentary position was, around the back of the goals, because I was doing the post-match interviews on the second game. You know, right. we often overlap. And there were these little boys um, playing football behind the goals. And uh, they said, oh, Marty. And I thought, first of all, when you're in Ulmer, you think nobody will know you up here? I don't know why you think that. Right. But you know, you, you think you're in Northern Ireland. Yeah. <clears throat> but anyway, up, Marty, how are you? And I said, Grand, we're lovely little boys now. And up, uh, Grand, not too bad. Will you take a selfie with us? I'd be delighted. Yeah, no problem. So they all came around. This is before COVID now. <laughs> it says, uh, Will you do a few steps for us? You're a great dancer. Oh God. And it was the dancing more than the football. Right. If you know what I mean. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's how. That's what they associate. Yeah. Ages.
1: Yeah. It was. It, it. It breaks down all barriers and. Uh, yeah, I must say it was one of the best things I ever did. Was it? Was to do, to but do the dance? It's
0: such a happy, like, there's, oh, you know, it's just yeah. pure fun. Yeah. Did you love it?
1: Oh, I loved it. Oh, absolutely. I remember um, Ksenia and myself saying, we'll get to uh, Programme 9. I said, we will be lucky to get to Programme 2, with the way we're <laughs> dancing at the moment. Which one did you get to? I got to Programme 8. Huh. That wasn't bad. That's very good. No, it's not bad. Kind of the quarterfinals of the championship. <laughs> <laughs> And we were, and I, I mean, I, I've had Berg on the radio with me, but I am so gone off Lady and Red. Oh, God, because right. Lady and Red. Yeah. Was the song that was that was being played when I got the P forty oh, five. Flip it. And I danced it rather well. Yeah. But uh, obviously I didn't get the votes. But I, I mean, I love Christopher and I love his songs. But it's <laughs> just. Yeah, it was it was the greatest experience. I remember I, I met Ksenia for the first time at the end of November, and we were taking photographs. Sure, I didn't know her at all, but we became great pals. Yeah, and the, the lads, the dancers, and the competitors. Rob Heffernan, mm. great guy. Yeah. I love Rob, and Jake. Uh, and Bernard and Thomas. Thomas O'Leary was your coolest personified. He was so laid back. He was <laughs> horizontal. You know what I mean? Yeah. And but we'd meet for lunch. We'd all be training in different rooms, and then we'd meet for lunch. And they'd had the, the professional dancers would have water, and lettuce, oh, raw carrots. <laughs> I, said, I am. It's like yeah, I'm starving. <laughs> so here was I with my can of coke and give me a toasted ham sandwich and chips and sweet chilli or whatever. And we any buds
0: inside?
1: <laughs> so after a week or two, I kind of get. I'm embarrassed by this. I'm going, to, I'm going to have to go with them. And it was more or less that kind of peer pressure right. that I actually gave up and I lost a stone and a half. It was amazing now. Yeah, it was great. Don't ever put it back on again now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, Marty, are you ready for your quick fire round? Yeah. Okay, the actor that you always laugh at.
1: Always laugh at.
0: Hugh Grant. Oh. Jolly good. Very good I answer. I love her. yeah. We haven't
1: had that before. I love yeah. that. Okay, the actress you always laugh at. Yeah, the actress I fancy—oh, go on, Jennifer Aniston.
0: <laughs> you can't just change the question. <laughs> 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 I'll take your question and I'll uh, turn it on its head.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god! Well, she's actually funny as well. She is. She's lovely. Yeah. Okay, the movie you always laugh at.
1: Um, I love uh, Police Academy. Lovely. Beverly Hills Cop. Great. I love that music in Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> Your, fa- your
0: favourite comedian
1: has to be Bernard O'Shea because he's going to listen oh to the podcast oh, here yeah. we going yeah, now, yeah yeah right. yeah right. Burner, burner, burner. <laughs> uh, after that love Tommy Tiernan
0: Low, yeah. yeah and finally Marty yes your best or worst joke
1: Chapers. Oh, my worst or best joke um, let me think about that now that's a good one and it's a tough one because I haven't got I haven't got great ones you've plenty you know? there was a fellow walking there was a fellow driving along the road and he saw uh, a sign that says for sale talking dog mm. so he said oh, i never heard of a talking dog so anyway uh, so he said he pulled in he said I'd love to buy a talking dog so he went into your man and your man he, he said if you're a talking dog yeah I have a talking dog for sale and what does he say he said go down there and have a chat with him <laughs> so your man went down and uh, he says uh, can you talk of course I can I'm a talking dog so your man and uh, he told him anyway that uh, what, what did you do and he says well, you know for a little while I was in London worked for the MI5 then I came back and I worked for the special branch but then they cut me out so I decided you know I wouldn't work for them and I'm here since mm. and uh, so a man went back into the fellow who was selling the dog he says your dog is really amazing he says he worked for the MI5 in a special branch and he's nothing but a liar <laughs> <laughs> thank you for laughing at that (laughs) that's
0: fabulous oh my god Marty Marcy Darren Gary thank you so much for sharing The Last of Your Life
1: thank you for having me here
0: and for being my Christmas special (sighs) so
1: let's be honest do you still love me
0: more than I did before there you go
1: (laughs) good night and happy Christmas
0: (laughs) thank you for listening to The Last of Your Life with Marty Marcy I hope you enjoyed it So that brings season four of the podcast to a close. We'll be back in 2021 with a whole bunch of great guests. Until then, there are over 40 episodes of the podcast you can feast your ears on. As always, thank you so much for listening, liking, subscribing and all those other things. This podcast is brought to you by Collaborative Studios.